welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. The Farm Answers Podcast takes a deeper look at projects funded by the USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Beginning Farm and Rancher Development Program and how they are reaching beginning farmers and ranchers. The High Desert Food and Farm Alliance is improving farming practices and market diversification in Central Oregon through educational, networking, grant, and mentoring opportunities. They have developed and implemented a regional agritourism project, are providing assistance to the Central Oregon Veterans Ranch to develop and sustain a livestock program, and are improving farmer and rancher understanding and engagement in public policies that affect their operations. Today on the Farm Answers podcast, we talk with Andrea Smith from the High Desert Food and Farm Alliance to learn more about this important project. So the High Desert Food and Farm Alliance was founded kind of around the idea that we needed more integration and connection between the consumer of the food and the producer of the food. So about a decade ago, our executive director came together with a group of people and created this cohort and that it eventually turned into the High Desert Food and Farm Alliance as a nonprofit. We as an organization have two priority areas of our programming. That would be food access and farm and ranch support as kind of the main pillars. And we also have a a food and farm directory that lists farms, ranches, and food businesses in Central Oregon. Our main audience is the tri-county area of Central Oregon, as well as the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs. And that geographically is about the size of New Hampshire. So it's pretty large of a region that we have here in a high desert, uh, arid climate, lots of like unexpected frost dates in the middle of summer and a pretty short irrigation season too. For your project, you've provided multiple virtual and in-person workshops to beginning farmers and ranchers. What were participants able to learn through those workshops? So back in 2020, High Desert Food and Farm Alliance, as well as Oregon State University Extension, came together and did a tri-county action plan that was developed through a series of focus groups with farmers and ranchers in our area that identified through a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats for the producers of our region. So through that, those focus groups, the action plan was developed with areas of growth and really specific areas of need from need for our farmers and ranchers. And that has led to beef quality assurance and meat processing workshops, uh, marketing workshops, high tunnel. Um, I'm doing a pollinator workshop and I'm really excited about that. So facilitating native habitat for native pollinators. We have a lot of those in Central Oregon. And it's just a really diverse set of needs that we're trying to cater through this, the length of this project. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest areas that we found was meat processing. And I think that this isn't just a Central Oregon specific issue, but how do you get your your animal from your farm to someone's plate? And what are the steps that take there? That can be really useful information for people all over, not just in your area. Because we were awarded this product right on the onset of COVID, we had to obviously adapt with virtual options and try and figure out how to turn meat processing into a virtual workshop or when can we provide hybrid hybrid options. So a couple of weeks ago, we had a workshop on biochar and we had a webinar beforehand and then we met in person and conducted an actual burn. So mixing those two mediums to try and really increase accessibility since we do have a really large geographic area 
it helps to be able to kind of balance those two needs too. Outside of these workshops, you've also offered multiple networking opportunities. So who is invited to participate in these events and how did you see a need to bring these people together? Farming can be a somewhat isolating job. Uh, You're out in rural areas, you're really focused on your land and your experience. And I think it's really important to recognize that these relationships can help you as a farmer. I don't want to say commiserate or like bounce um, horror stories off of each other, but really recognize that you're all, all kind of in the same boat and you can help each other and you can uplift each other and bring ideas to the table. So we offer these networking events one to two times a year. We help help hold one usually in the fall and one usually in the spring to kind of balance need there. And these are for practicing farmers and ranchers, people that have businesses or have land that they're farming with business operations being conducted that year, typically. Kind of related to that, you also launched a mentorship program to continue helping beginning farmers and ranchers make connections in the industry. How could a beginning farmer or rancher in Oregon get involved in that program? Our mentorship program, it's called the Growing Together Mentorship Program. This was launched a year ago. We identified the fact that there was no formal mentoring program. Obviously, you can find someone as a mentor and just call them up whenever you can or whenever you need something. But there's nothing formal for farmers that were a couple of years in and just were in a rut and needed that next step or that next area of support. So with the launching of this program, we identified three really incredible mentors. They have a variety of skills and talents and areas of expertise, a variety of different business models. With those three mentors, any potential mentee can fill out a application and that tells us where do they want to learn, what areas of focus do their businesses have, and what are their communication styles like Do you hate talking on the phone? Like um, we can work around that. And do you want to go and visit their farm and be hands-on learning? And I, as the program manager, will read your application and pair you with the mentor that we have that is going to best be able to suit your needs. So it's really one-on-one support in that connection and relationship building. We've heard from our mentors that they talk with their mentees about things like work-life balance and being confident in your in your business and knowing your worth to like tractor maintenance and animal husbandry and more practical skills and even like business planning and SEO and how to run a CSA. So really wide variety of topics and it's really catered to whatever the mentee needs. We've had at this point eight connections in this past year. It's been running for almost exactly a year and it's cool to see the way that Some of these relationships have formed into something deeper beyond the 10 hours that we're allocating towards what each mentor can pull from their mentee or mentee can pull from their mentor. That sounds like a really great program to to bring people of all experience levels together. Yeah. So our mentors, some of them would be classified as beginning farmer ranchers, but they've been able to put the time and the energy into their business to make it flourish and be one of the more outstanding businesses that we see at the farmer's market or on the menu at the restaurant down the street. And the beginning farmers are looking up to them and it's cool to see that we have been able to make those connections. So you also have a regional agritourism project called the High Desert Food Trail. 
What is the food trail? How can farmers get involved and how can consumers also participate? Yeah, this is a really unique project. It's kind of the more creative side of what I'm doing. Like right now I'm designing a brochure and doing social media and it's kind of fun. But the High Desert Food Trail is a regional agritourism project that is a part of the Travel Oregon food trail system. There's a few food trails located throughout Oregon where it's a self-guided tour. Essentially, you get um, you find the brochure and you can see there are pre-made itineraries of places to visit, or you can just pick and choose. Like, I want to go to these farms out in Prineville because I want to get some cool jelly or have some local experiences with the honeybees down at this this apiary. Or, you know, it, it's, it's kind of intended to guide a visitor to connect them to the agricultural roots of Central Oregon because we have a pretty deep history of agriculture here. So I think... In connecting to the consumer, it's one way to show that we do have farming here. We do have successful farming businesses in Central Oregon because you might drive down and just see the sagebrush and the empty open expanses. Some parts of Oregon look really desolate. And then you you have this vetted tour to be able to stop at farms that are open to the public and then go to the restaurant down the road that sources from that farm and other farms in the area. So each business category, there's farms and ranches, farmers markets, artisan products, eateries, and drinks. And each category has a different set of requirements to be listed on the food trail. For example, a restaurant needs to source a certain percentage of local from the local farms and ranches in the area. And that will qualify them to be on the trail as a local business that's supporting the local food economy and the circular system. It is kind of difficult for farms to be a part of agritourism in Central Oregon. And I think across the United States, it's kind of more highly regulated and it's difficult to get permitting and get some of these things approved for your farm if you don't have infrastructure in place and be able to invest in that. But some of the farms that are on the trail have invested in that as another way to get more diversified income and be able to share their stories in a more direct way, especially post COVID people were going out to farms more just naturally to be outside. And then now they have that connection to their consumer. They they can bring them to their farm and have that personal experience with their food. It sounds like a super awesome program and something that a lot of visitors probably take advantage of. So we launched it in October of 2021. So we've had one full successful summer, which is when most of these farms are going to be open and available to the public. And Central Oregon is also a kind of a tourism hub. Um, We have a lot of outdoor recreation. We have the mountain for the winter and we have hiking and biking and rafting and people come here for recreation and they come here for food too. Bend is the biggest city in Central Oregon in the Tri-County area. And it's well known for like the craft breweries and the unique restaurants that we have here. So tying that local food into your visit, I think, is a really cool way to experience Central Oregon. Another large part of your project is supporting the Central Oregon Veterans Ranch. Mm -hmm. What is the Veterans Ranch and how do you provide support to this program? The Central Oregon Veterans Ranch is another local nonprofit that specifically caters to the veteran experience. They were founded under kind of the belief that connecting with the land and the animals and the food that you grow 
can be a sort of healing um, process for veterans. And they have really unique experience that many of us don't understand. So the Veterans Ranch is one way to kind of foster more connection with the land. And I think they just got a llama or an alpaca recently and have that agrotherapy, I think I read on their website a while back, which is kind of cool. So we support them with this BFRDP project by providing, we provide them financial support for a mentorship program and workshops that they put on. So veteran specific workshops for how to do tractor maintenance and how to, how to seed your pasture and how to <laughs> take care of the alpaca. So we help with the funding through that. We have regular check-ins and we make sure that the needs of Central Oregon Veterans Ranch are being met through this program because otherwise they wouldn't be able to hold these, these on-farm workshops and mentorship program. Their mentorship program, I think, started specifically for veterans and then they were having some trouble with maintaining that. So I think in the next year, we'll be able to really focus on how can we cater to the needs of the veterans in this specific mentorship program. It's really unique because I don't know how much United States wide, I don't think there's a lot catering to veterans in agriculture because a lot of them come from agriculture or return to agriculture. So this is a really specific program to be able to feed into that. Yet another partnership you have is with another nonprofit called the Friends of Family Farmers. What does your work with this program look like? That's another really unique thing. Friends of Family Farmers works to educate the public and educate farmers on legislation that's happening statewide that could impact for farmers that could impact their day-to-day businesses and for the public that could impact how they get food. So right now we're kind of adapting what that partnership looks like, but our goal this in these upcoming months are to bring legislators out to farms. We are a very specific climate politically and climate wise. So bringing um, the people that are making policy to the farms is going to be really important to be able to share the stories of our farmers. One of the individuals, we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago, but she said getting the legislators out in a non-legislative season might not feel like a beneficial thing. It might feel like, why are we bringing them out right now when there's nothing specific to talk about? But getting farmers involved in broader conversations and not stuck on a single bill or a single piece of legislation that that might feel too specific. Thinking that broader piece and what are the needs of the farmers in Central Oregon? Is it drought management and water management? Like how can, dream big, <laughs> why are we bringing the legislators out here to really understand the story? And broader than that, working with Friends of Family Farmers, they have a lot of resources on how farmers can engage in policy and how they can advocate for what they need as a farm and a business, either written testimony or even going to the Capitol. They have a program called, or an event called Rally Days, where they're bringing farmers from across the state together to convene and talk about the current legislative efforts to move them forward and share stories and send those to our legislators too. HDFFA doesn't really have the resources or really expertise because that's very niche. So being able to rely on some a group that is in that daily and they're talking to our legis- legislators and they're they're in the in the weeds of 
writing policy is really important. That sounds like a great program to support and something that should really be done in all the states, not just Oregon. Bringing the policy to the farmer and why this matters, why they should be involved is huge and important because otherwise it's just me. And what do I really know? I'm not on their farm. (laughs) I don't know their day-to-day life. Exactly. Outside of providing educational networking and mentorship programs for beginning farmers and ranchers, you're also providing some financial support through the On-Farm Efficiency Grant. Who can apply for this and what can they use the funds for? Yeah, this was a really exciting program. We So since 2018, before the 2023 On-Farm Efficiency Grant, we had invested about $100,000 into farmers and ranchers in Central Oregon in mini grants and pass-through funds through hailstorm, emergency relief, or um, resiliency awards. So we really want to keep those funding efforts going. In 2022, we had our, in 2022, we had our launch of the on-farm efficiency grant. And this was an adaptation of a previous grant that we had called Season Extenders to be more inclusive of ranchers who often don't have as many diverse areas to apply for funding. Um, This grant in 2022 was awarded to 14 farmers and ranchers that were located in Central Oregon and were applying for efficiency projects, whatever their definition met um, underneath that umbrella that improved their operations. And it led to, in 2022, about $45,000 being funded through those 14 farmers and ranchers, which is really incredible. Some of them applied for and implemented projects for like things even like as simple as irrigation efficiency, which is huge, greenhouse and hoop houses. Someone applied for gravity feeders for their hogs to be more efficient in how they fed their animals. Someone even applied for um, an on-site processing facility because they're part of the High Desert Food Trail and they wanted to provide slurpees and slushies for, for their guests, which is really fun and like a really unique twist on the efficiency grant. This year, so last year it was mostly funded through the BFRDP, and this year we were able to find a private donor that mostly funded our projects, which was incredible. <laughs> and so we funded mostly through that private donor, but also through some other grant funding. Nine or nine projects are currently being implemented through the 2023 on-farm efficiency grants with about $28,000 being invested into them. So I'm excited to see where those projects go. They were awarded in February and in July, they should have completed their projects and I'll be getting projects and reports and updates. And it's really cool. Most of these farmers are, I don't know if now's the time to talk about this, but we have a partnership format for working with us. It's once a year you apply as a farmer or ranch that is in normal business operation and or you don't apply, but every year you can get a membership with the High Desert Food and Farm Alliance as a farm or ranch business. And that gives you benefits from free access to the workshops and you get priority points for our funding opportunities, discounts if you want to be a part of the High Desert Food Trail and you have to be a partner to be a mentor or to be in our mentorship program. So a variety of things come into that, but that builds that network of producers that we work with, typically around 60 producers in Central Oregon. So with HDFFA providing so many beneficial programs to beginning farmers and ranchers, can you give me an example of a beginning farmer or rancher that benefited from one of your programs and how their experience aided in their success? 
Yeah, that's a really interesting question to me because we serve such a huge portion of producers in Central Oregon. And we've really been targeting those beginning farmers and ranchers with this BFRDP project. I was thinking about this question because I could identify one specific farmer out of the 60 people that we work with and our partners. I guess, how do I identify one? Um, so I, I thought about this and I think there's one good example. There's many good examples, but one comes down to a farm called Cultivate Farms. They are, I think, in their third year of production. When I started with the organization about uh, back in 2021, I remember seeing them at the farmer's market and they had their booth and they had their produce at the booth. And it was really exciting to see them there knowing that they had just started. And as I got more involved in the organization and I came into this role as the agricultural support manager. I got to know them a lot better. And they, through the past two years, have they were awarded the on-farm efficiency grant last year. They are they expanded their CSA business um, and are part of our marketing com- campaign. We have like the get a taste of this place marketing campaign and they're using that in their products and they have value added products that they've integrated into their into their tabling like i saw them at an event back in november with salsa and soap and it's fun to see how they've turned their production business into maybe not not even just produce but other ways to diversify their income one of the owners is also a part of our agricultural advisory committee which is a representation of our partners that advise our programming on a day-to-day basis, or not on a day-to-day basis, but on a yearly basis, we choose priority areas. And he's been a really active member of that. And it's it's been fun to see with this example, but with also the other partners, since I've been around for a couple of years in this organization, how they've changed and how they've adapted with COVID and with drought that is just ongoing and impossible, seemingly impossible seeing the ways that our specific programs, how him being a mentor or being in our mentorship program and learning from one of our mentors has affected like how he crop plans for the year. It's it's fun seeing those little pieces and pulling that from each of our individual partners. What is one piece of advice you have for someone considering participating in one of your programs? So to be mostly involved in our programs, you need to be a partner. I mean, you can be a community member and you can see us at the farmer's market, but to be a farm business that wants to get the most out of what we're doing, I would highly suggest being a partner. You pay however much or we will give you a partnership for free if it comes down to financial aid that is stopping you. And being a part of that network really builds that community. You'll be getting email newsletter emails with funding opportunities from me that I'm going, I'm scrolling through NRCS like no other to try and find those resources, pulling together things and events that are happening. And maybe being a community member, you'll see them from other sources, but being a partner is the best way to have that one-on-one support that I can provide. I can connect you with a resource. I can find the best person at OSU Extension, the OSU Extension office that will be able to answer your question on predators and managing Managing predators on your property, for example, I may not know all the answers, but I can point you to that person. That's been valuable to see what my involvement 
has ended up being in the way that our, our partners can find those resources or attend our webinars. On the flip side, what is one piece of advice you have for someone looking to implement a similar program in their state or region? It's really important to get on the level of the farmer to really just go out there. We have kind of a unique model where we work with this wide variety and provide these services. But I make the intention to either go out to their farm once a year or make a phone call at the very least with our really broad geographic area that we cover. Maybe I'm not able to go out to Prineville every weekend. That's an hour away or go down to South Deschutes County. I think it's really important to meet them face to face and have that down to earth conversation, even like get involved in their in their production and like help them with laying their irrigation line if that's what they needed that day. I would not be able to reach a level of connection with a lot of these folks if I hadn't met them face to face or talk to them about maybe I'm not providing that support in a way that they want. So how can I implement that in this next year as I'm planning for the growing season? Like what can I do as an individual and within my organizational structure to meet that individual's need as a farmer? So as we close out the episode, where can people go to find out more about your program? We have a, a pretty broad spanning website. High Desert Food and Farm Alliance is kind of a mouthful. So a lot of our social media and our website is shortened to HDFFA, just the acronym of High Desert Food and Farm Alliance. So HDFFA.org is our website. We have it divided into ag support programs, food access programs, and everything else in between. We're somewhat active on social media, Instagram and Facebook mostly. And that's a really great way for us to connect with partners and consumers. So HDFFA on Instagram and High Desert Food and Farm Alliance on Facebook. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the Farm Answers podcast and sharing your project with our listeners. This is a lot of fun. It's fun to try and distill everything we do into just a few minutes and talk about why this is such a great project. Thank you for listening to the Farm Answers Podcast. This episode was hosted by Megan Engel. To learn more about this USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's beginning farm and rancher development program project or other BFRDP projects, visit farmanswers.org. The Farm Answers Podcast and farmanswers.org are funded by the United States Department of Agriculture National Institute of Food and Agriculture and are a product of the Center for Farm Financial Management at the University of Minnesota.